Did you know 663 million people live without clean drinking water every day? That's nearly one in 10. Let me tell you about my friends at FNX. FNX can solve all your health, nutrition, and supplement needs because they are first class in making their products so you can be at your best. Whether you're a CrossFit freak, bodybuilder, or just mom and dad making it a point twice per week, FNX will elevate your game. I have been using FNX and I feel and see the difference. The protein, delicious. My workouts, way more intense. And my energy, there all day. Try it for yourself. Visit fnxfit.com. Use code 4C15. That's 4C15 for 15% off each order. What's more, every time you make a purchase, a child in need receives one gallon of clean drinking water. FNX has donated over 100,000 gallons of clean drinking water. Make your mark today. What's going on, everybody? It's Pete Forsey. It's the podcast. We are coming at you here in the middle of July, right before, hopefully, Major League Baseball tips off. I guess I shouldn't say tip off. Once the first pitch is thrown on July 23rd, the Washington Nationals and the New York Yankees still on schedule for that date, and then more of the games July 24th, and then soon enough we will have NFL training camp as well as NBA and NHL resuming and concluding their season. So we're going to talk mainly about the big news today, the Chiefs shelling out big dough to their best players, Patrick Mahomes last week, Chris Jones. Today he gets paid. They are set up well for a second run at the Super Bowl. We'll also dive into the Washington name change. Daniel Snyder said on Monday he is retiring the Redskins moniker. We discuss thoughts there. And in addition, COVID-19 testing with Major League Baseball, not so swimmingly. Surprise? I know I'm fucking not. Shocker. They worried about the negotiations, and they didn't worry about the protocols. I don't know why anyone should be upset about that. I'll go really into that one. And then we'll also talk about the Cardinals' bullpen as it pertains to them being set up for this sprint. I don't like it. Right now, it's not looking good for St. Louis and the back end of their staff. We'll touch on what happened here recently today. We're hitting it all. It's episode 46 of the podcast. Going to jump right into it. The Kansas City Chiefs just keep shelling out big dough to their top guys, and they're making it all work. Patrick Mahomes last week, he got 10-year, half a billion dollars when it's all said and done potentially, and then Chris Jones, 87 mil averaging out to about 20 mil per year correction 80 in total money potentially for chris jones the defensive tackle the kansas city chiefs they're trying to make a run at back-to-back titles and they're making it work cap guy whoever that may be in kansas city along with brett veach and of course andy reed they have their team they are returning basically the full squad from 2019 and it really goes to show you cannot overpay for great players Chris Jones I think is a guy that's been underappreciated for a long time he's a guy that really didn't get his due in my opinion during the Super Bowl he could have been the MVP he was my MVP even over Mahomes now Mahomes I'm not going to say he didn't deserve it I do think that he didn't have his best game potentially his worst game yet he took home MVP honors they got two big stars locked up for the next Mahomes for 10 years, Chris Jones at least four more, they're going to make a run at another title. And, 
you know, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, I think I saw that there are escalators tied to the salary cap for him, which I'm not entirely sure how that works when it averages out to a potential total guarantee. In addition to the fact that at 40 mil a year, I don't know what the benefit of that would be for the Kansas City Chiefs. Why do you want, why do you do that 10-year deal if there's no benefit to the payoff? This is one of the, I'm not going to say it's new by any means because there have been other ones, but this is one of the rare 10-year deals that we've seen. Tyron Smith, Dallas Cowboys, Michael Vick, Philadelphia Eagles or Atlanta Falcons. Philadelphia Eagles, they signed up 10 years for Donovan McNabb, and then you had Dante Culpepper over there with the Vikings. So this is one of the rare 10-year deals. I'm surprised if they have escalator side to it. What the heck was the point of doing that? Now, first three years here, very cap-friendly for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to be on his rookie deal for this year. He's going to bump it up to about 14 mil and then 31 mil three years from now in 2023. So the future cap hits are pretty good for the Chiefs. They got it done. I'm just saying... I don't know what the sense is in having escalators in a 10-year deal. The whole point is to have them at cheap just a few years down the road here. But with Chris Jones, very happy to see this guy get his due. This is a guy, again, Super Bowl-generated pass rush, disrupted Jimmy Garoppolo, forced the interception that was a big turning point in that football game. Really happy to hear he's getting his money. For a long time, he was not getting the uh, the eye candy stats, the sacks, Okay, the rushes. This was a guy that was getting it done in different ways, affecting the football team for his teammates. This was a guy that was generating pressures and hurries and other forms of disruption on the defensive line, even in the run game. Really happy. This is a guy I got wrong. I did not think he was going to be this good of a player. Did not think he was going to be this good coming out of Mississippi State in the second round in 2013. He has been excellent. The Chiefs just locked up two of their best players. Now, as it relates to the future of the NFL, Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, he does not deserve anywhere near $40 million. People keep talking about marketplace and how precedent and how you play off that if you're an agent. I'm not playing ball if I'm the Texans. I don't care if you're Deshaun Watson and you ask for $40 million. You're not getting it. You're, you're, you'll get 35, and I think that's probably the bar at which I'm setting it. For Patrick Mahomes, if this is the contract that he gets, I would expect the NFL and general managers or other teams to operate just as Major League Baseball did when Mike Trout signed his contract back in the spring of 2019. This is a soft cap now. Mike Trout, clear line in the sand, best player out there. Patrick Mahomes, clear line in the sand best player out there in the NFL. You're not getting more than Patrick Mahomes. You're not getting a 10-year deal either. You, This is going to be easier to negotiate if I'm the NFL. You're not getting more than Patrick Mahomes. It's that simple. He gets $40 million. He won MVP this past year. He uh, or In 2018, he won the Super Bowl this past year and took home the best game honors for that big ball game. You're not getting more money than him. It's that simple. And if I'm the Texans and you have an agent, or if even I'm the Cowboys – I'm the Cowboys. Dak, we love everything you've done. I know you've been a good soldier through everything. If I'm Jerry Jones, I know you've been a good soldier during the Zeke stuff, during the Anthem stuff, during the Tony Romo stuff. You've been great. You've done everything I've asked for. Thank you. And I know we've gotten you on the cheap, but I'm not overcorrecting anything. 
I'm not paying you for something that you did in the past, and I'm certainly not paying you money that you're never going to reach the level at. Patrick Mahomes, he gets $40 million. You're never going to be Patrick Mahomes, Dak. Sorry, it's not happening. I would play real hardball if I were the Texans, if I were the Cowboys, and any other team that has a quarterback contract coming up here. Patrick Mahomes, he has to serve as a soft cap now if on the NFL, especially during this crippling pandemic with the salary cap. You have no idea what revenue is going to be like. What is total revenue going to look like after 2020? You got no idea. That's how the salary cap is configured. Total revenue and then a share amongst the players and the owners. If I'm the NFL owners, if I'm NFL GMs, Patrick Mahomes, his contract, good for him, well-deserved, but it now serves as a soft cap when I'm doing new contracts. Let's get to the new name of the Washington football team in the NFL. It was announced officially on Monday. They're going to retire the name Redskins. They're going to uh, pick up a new moniker for what they're going to call themselves. And I've been asked this just on a personal basis. What do you think? What's your thoughts? I, my, my thoughts is I don't care. Okay? I, I'm so sick of just things that really don't have anything to do with the game, the on-the-field stuff, just infiltrating into sports. Like, I'm tired of it. I cannot wait till we have baseball back on the 23rd of July. Just coming up here real soon. We'll talk about the forecast of that season in a minute, but I, I will talk about the fact that something big is happening in the NFL. But, you know, my opinion so much on this political stuff, I've, I've just become so numb to it. Like, I don't even care. It, it's just become so pervasive in sports culture, and I'm not even saying it's wrong. People got opinions. You know, this is an opinion show. Certainly got mine. Mine is, I don't give a damn. I'm so sick of talking about stuff and hearing about stuff and reading and the content that's being delivered by the media and them getting on their moral high horse about everything or even reporters not staying in their lane. Like, let, let's just get back to this stuff that's actually on the field, please. Like, it is approaching. I understand it's not going on yet, but we do have the NBA coming up here. We do have baseball coming up here. And soon, training camp, July 28th, football will be back. This is just a perfect example of the NFL again when we're talking about this name change in Washington. Money talks. The $620 billion, $620 billion from FedEx that was uh, now threatening to Dan Snyder, he said, okay, time to change the name. That's how I see it. That's pretty much all I see it as. I don't care other which way. You want to call him that name? Call him that name. You want to change it because it's offensive? Change it. I'm just kind of over it. But you know what? This is uh, this is the world we live in as far as what is, is covered for us. And now we got the Indians potentially changing their name in the baseball lane of things. That's fine. But my whole opinion on this, I guess, is, you know, it, it doesn't, like, matter to me. Okay, let's just get back to the stuff that, Actually, is on the field. Thank goodness it is around the corner. So, baseball is coming back here July 23rd. We're going to have the Washington Nationals, World Series champions of 2019. They're facing off against the New York Yankees. We'll see Garrett Cole, most likely Max Scherzer on the mound for Washington. It's going to be great. I cannot wait to watch a game. I'm going to be glued to my television. Cannot wait. I'll watch every pitch of that baseball game. But as you can imagine, things have not gone swimmingly thus far in summer camp. Summer camp, spring training 2.0. Can you imagine 
the fact that maybe they didn't have the protocols figured out, Major League Baseball, is that a shocker to anyone? I know it wasn't on my end, but the media, in typical media fashion, again, just jabs away at Rob Manfred against Major League Baseball, the general managers, I know uh, Billy Bean, or was it David Force of the Oakland A's, Washington Nationals, Mike Rizzo, they all spoke out against the protocols and how MLB didn't have it figured out over July weekend, over July 4th weekend. Yeah, dude, shocker, because everyone was worried about the negotiation prior to that, that they just sped through the protocols on health and safety during the pandemic. The whole reason everything was on hold and why there wasn't a season. They were too worried about designated hitters and negotiating. Like, what what did you expect? Did you expect this to go swimmingly? The media acts like they, they should have had something better in place. Well, what? What is your suggestion? Does anybody know how this works? Does anybody know what tomorrow brings? July 4th weekend, Major League Baseball wasn't treated any differently by the transportation people than the rest of the world. If anything, the media should point to this as a humbling moment. Big bad Major League Baseball. You don't get any uh, handouts. This could have been your time. That's what you usually do, media. But here we go. Again, them just poking fun of it. And I just, I don't get it. You also had athletes doing it. Athletes are world-class complainers. I swear. Chris Bryant was saying it. Sean Doolittle. All of the media darlings because they tweet things out. They always have a nice press conference. They spoke out against the protocols and how their safety was compromised as if Major League Baseball should have been doing something better. What do you suggest? Do you know? If you don't know, then I'm not understanding. Like, remember, it's a pandemic. They're doing the best they can. Nobody understands this. Nobody understands what the spikes will look like. Nobody will understand what the flattening of the curve looks like a week from now. But again, in typical fashion, athletes continue to complain. They continue to be privileged. You know, the, the, it's really starting to feel just like very elitist from the athletes. With social media and their platform to speak out, they seem to think they're more educated on a lot of things than they actually are. And because they can reach an audience pretty easily, just like this, they seem to think that they're educated on something and they're just not like i'm not educated on corona are you like really are you actually do you understand like what the implications are or what the best practices is or what the best indicators or signals of where this is going to go i don't feel comfortable speaking on that i consume information sure but i have no idea if that is the most trustworthy way to kind of conclude things I do the best I can, but for people to just take a hard line in the sand, come on. Athletes, you, you are just, uh, you, sometimes you need to stay in your lane. Shifting it over to St. Louis Cardinals baseball camp here in the summer. They have a bullpen that's already been decimated by absences, sickness, and players that are electing to opt out, most namely uh, Jordan Hicks. Former closer recovering from Tommy John. Not sure how available he may have been, but you got Alex Reyes who continues just to be like, what is the deal? This guy has just become like absent minded. Like, I, I don't even think about the guy anymore. And three years ago, nobody would have traded him for Mike Trout, it sounded like. I mean, 
literally the most untouchable prospect you you can think of. I remember Chris Sale was on available via the White Sox. Cardinals didn't even consider packaging Alex Reyes. Now look at him. Perfect example. There's always a top prospect. There's always a top right-handed arm who throws 100 miles an hour, has a great slider. Guess what? You can pick one up probably a few years down the line as a retread. There was a guy, um, <laughs> a guy from the high school. All right, Peter Fairbanks, another guy, throws near 100 miles an hour, has a tight slider. Okay, there's plenty around. They treat Alex Reyes as if he was like the golden boy. We're now three years into the career, and he, and he hasn't done anything. And for some odd reason, they're not talking about him now. And then you have uh, uh, Henesis Cabrera, or excuse me, Giovanni Gallegos. He is not back from uh, Mexico. You have Jen Henesis Cabrera, who tested positive for COVID-19. And who else? Another arm, uh, Jordan Hicks is out. And Andrew Miller, he's still in there. But really, it's just, it's the oh, it's Carlos Marcinez who now might be going to uh, the starting rotation. So, I mean, this bullpen, what's it going to look like on opening day? I know they got a lot of good arms, but as far as just proven options in a sprint of a season that's 60 games, I'm not entirely sure this is something that you can bank on. And now, as it's reported today, Yasiel Puig, the cleanup hitter, potentially for the Cardinals, a cleanup hitter that was just waiting for him. He's now signing with the Braves, and the Braves got the cleanup hitter from the Cardinals last year, Marcelo Zuna. So the Braves are doubling down and taking hitters away from St. Louis, um, two hitters that are very similar, so no surprise that they're both on the same team. I'm not sure about the Cardinals, man. I mean, you start off slow, and this goes for any team. You start off slow particularly out of the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, you're just not going to be in good shape, and I don't know of too many arms in the starting rotation that can carry the mail out of the gate. This is really going to favor the Washington Nationals this short season. This short season in which Scherzer, Strasburg, they had a lot of innings, a lot of pitches on those arms in 2019. They are now rested. That is a moot point now. They have not pitched. This sprint of a season, this is good for them those veteran guys who will be able to take the ball out of the gate and go deeper into ball games, these young arms who typically go on the high-stress, low-inning mark, high-stress, max effort out of the gate, it's not really going to change up too much for them. They're not going to be able to go deep into ball games. This is going to be good for Washington. The St. Louis Cardinals, I'm not saying they're in a bad spot necessarily, but what's going on with the bullpen? I mean, it's, it's kind of mixing some things up. You're going to have to have the Korean lefty. He may have to go to the bullpen when maybe he's best served in the rotation because he is a bit of an unknown, this lefty, right? Other teams don't know about him. Don't you kind of want that novelty out there as much as you can because they're not going to have time to adjust from a game-to-game basis, right? There's only 60 ball games. I want him in the rotation to effectively utilize what is – you know, mystery, but looks like he's going to have to go to the bullpen if they plan on bringing Carlos back to the rotation. So St. Louis Cardinals, kind of a weird start to summer camp here. Um, you know, not entirely sure what to expect of the season. We just, I mean, it's, it's different 60 ball games. I don't know. I mean, this was not the schedule that I, I thought I'd be handed out. Um, it's, it's going to be different. I do like that. They're playing the central, I think that bodes well for them as far as getting a playoff spot against the rest of the National League and against the National East, uh, National League East as well as the National League West. So that does bode well for them. But as far as the bullpen, they got to get that figured out. They got to get it figured out fast. 
All right, let's get up to speed on what's been happening this week. A-Rod and Jennifer Lopez trying to own the New York Mets. They're trying to bring in all-athlete ownership. They got DeMarco Murray. They got Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. They got Brian Urlacher, formerly of the Chicago Bears. They even have Bradley Beal, St. Louis's own, trying to buy the New York Mets. And as it was reported today, it looks like they might be in third behind the New Jersey Devils and Philadelphia 76ers owner with Steve Cohen being numero uno to buy the Mets at around $2 billion. Wow, would it be something. It would be something if we had J-Rod owning the New York Mets in Queens. That would be star power. That would be great for baseball. A-Rod taking over a Jerry Jones-like approach, speaking after every game, giving his thoughts, being candid. A-Rod, his second career might be better than his first. And we all know how controversial his first act was as a baseball player. We also know how good he really was. He might be better post-career from baseball. I think he's great. Television loves him. Instagram loves him. Him and J-Lo, cute as fuck. This is great for baseball if you can get him to be an owner. I'm not saying he would be successfully running a major league franchise. I'm just saying for eyeballs, for popularity, for engagement on the young folks, get Alex Rodriguez in the ownership suite. Moving on to the Cardinals, Jordan Hicks. I'm not going to say it's a killer, but when you got John Brebbia, who I failed to mention earlier, already out with Tommy John surgery. Those are two key cogs at the end of the bullpen that you're really, really counting on. Now the Patriots, New England, switching over to football. Are they the retread roster of the league? You got Cam Newton coming over, who's got a lot to prove, 30 years old, coming off multiple injuries. Jordan Reed was reported to wanting to come back from, I think it was his sixth concussion. I don't even know the total. But the guy's got to call it a career at some point. It is just not safe for him to play ball. But New England apparently may have interest in the tight end. And then Terrell Pryor, a guy who I've always held in high regard, work ethic, character, willingness to adapt. Of course, he was a quarterback coming out of Ohio State, played it a little bit for the Raiders. Finally, in Cleveland, he said, okay, I'll switch to wideout. Swallowed his pride, had a pretty good season in 2016, over 1,000 yards with Hugh Jackson calling the plays. Thought he was meant for bigger things heading over to New York, but he had that foot injury in Jacksonville. And now he's looking to get back in the league. He says the Patriots, Cam Newton's there. And of course the Pittsburgh Steelers, because they have big Ben and he likes Mike Tomlin. He said, those are two landing spots he would like. So Patriots, they could have a cast of characters who got a lot to prove. Sounds a lot similar to what Bill Belichick built in new England, 2001, when things got going, kicking it back even further, Raheem Mostart, San Francisco 49ers. This is a classic example of a guy requesting a trade when really he's not good enough to do that, but I do understand why he wants more money. If you're going to give a guy an undervalued contract and then he outperforms it, if you want a guy to continue to buy in the program, give him a raise, San Francisco. He deserves it. You don't got to give him top dollar. The agent said, we just want him in line with the rest of the running backs. I think you do give him that. He's earned it. San Francisco, pay up pay your running back. Raheem Mostart got you to the Super Bowl. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Soon we will have real games to discuss. Major League Baseball, 
NFL, they will start training camp. We will have teams commencing. We'll also have teams wrapping up their season in the NBA and the NHL here soon. They have their bubbles going on. I cannot wait. Like I mentioned earlier, so much of what we're discussing, so much of what is provided to us is not even related to the product on the field. Now, I understand there are news and headlines that can make its way onto the field, stuff that affects the locker room, but a lot of this is just societal stuff that, frankly, I, I, I'm just tired of and I, I, I've grown numb to. I'm kind of just sick of even hearing it. So we will hopefully get back to more concrete, more tangible things that affect the games that we love. Until next time, I will see you. Please tell your friends, subscribe, review, five stars, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you want to get your podcast, let them know we are out there. And please give me a review. Give me a listen. I appreciate your ears all the time. We will talk to you guys next week.